You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we have got Matt Crawford, aka Sasquatch. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? You're right. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for waking me up this morning. Not a problem. We can do it anytime you need us to. <laughs> sounds like pretty. Sounds like a pretty cheap alarm clock to me. I'll just stop paying for a cell phone now. Yeah, no worries. I just Skype you every morning from now on. I just, <laughs> I just set my own alarm to wake me up. But oh no, I won't be. Don't have to worry. It's four p.m. here. <laughs> oh hey, it must be nice. Yeah, thanks for getting at me, you guys. No worries. We um we've been following your feed for some time on Instagram and enjoying your awesome posts. And I thought, oh, we need to get some more guys from the U.S. And Sasquatch is the guy to get on the show. So thanks for coming on. No, no, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's it's super weird. Like, I wonder if it's ever my content, if it's my uh, whatever going out or just the name. I think maybe I chose the best name in Instagram, like all of the lore for Sasquatch Barbecue. But uh, Sasquatch is one of those things like we love saying Chupacabra, but uh, I go on in Brazil or anything live like that. Everybody's like Sasquatch. And it's just it's a crescendo of squatchiness. So uh, it's super crazy. People love saying it. And I hope that it's just as much me as just the name. And if not, that was perfect branding. So, yeah. So squatch. Just got to get out of the system. (laughs) It's already working. I don't know how that happens. So thank you so much. So I guess that's a good place to start off for us, isn't it? Like what made you come up with the name Sasquatch for your branding? Yeah, it, uh, it basically, I live in the Pacific Northwest here in Washington State, the upper left of the United States. Uh, we get a lot of rain. It's beautiful. There's a lot of Sasquatch lore and people that see Sasquatch and, uh, you know, me as well as other ones that they claim to see in the woods, which I have a lot of people who came up to me now and said, hey, we're believers. We could take you right where we saw Sasquatch. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm barbecuing food right now. It sounds amazing, but I can't pull off and leave these people hanging to go go squatch hunting. So uh, it's just it's here. It's 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 around us and like. Uh, I just was like, what am I going to do for this name? And I changed it like three times. It was like Sasquatch Valley barbecue. And then I was like, well, wait, why don't I just be the Sasquatch? I'm a big dude. I love people. I kind of hide from them sometimes. It just worked. So there we have the whole story behind choosing my name. Perfect. It is, it is an awesome name. And I didn't realize that was where Sasquatch was actually from. Well, there's that. There's Northern California sightings. There's Catskill sighting. Now, this is all just knowledge I'm shedding, shedding to you guys from what I've heard. I wasn't a Sasquatch like uh, connoisseur, <laughs> nor was I a historian before this. Just so you guys know. Okay, we'll, we'll just chuck away all of our Sasquatch-related questions we've got written down here. Then should we? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you guys were going to test me on exactly what it all was about, I could tell you some stories that would make you laugh, but it wouldn't be very much knowledge at all. <laughs> so, I mean, made up. right it, it could be a book by the end of it so <laughs> all right so so tell us about how you actually got into barbecue in the first place oh man i'm gonna make this the short one hopefully shorter than the holy explanation of uh sasquatch but uh no i started cooking over fire when i was seven years old um most of it was at hunting camp so and i always say this because i'm an open book and there's we all have our stories and we all have our stuff that's an upbringing of where we came from but i came from a family full of alcoholics you know so when we went to hunting camp as the seven-year-old I was more the lackey, the broom kid, the uh, keep the tent dry, keep the tent clean, and make sure our backstrap are done by the time we get out of the brush. You know, I was good for rolling rocks down hills because I was already a little chubby. So I really had some good good stance behind me to roll the big boulders down and scare the animals out. And basically, besides that, I was cooking stick and making sure I didn't burn all the guys' stuff because about the time they got into the whiskey – I didn't want to be the one responsible for a bad meal at seven years old. So that's that's where I started. It all kind of evolved. I've always liked to to tinker and, and mess around with. My dad burnt everything, you know, he did. So I'd escape to my friends' houses and barbecue with them and do all this stuff and watch their parents do it. I just learned a few things along the way and then uh, I went to school to be a teacher. I was a mason forever, I had three shoulder surgeries. Started going back to school and started thinking, man, four walls can't contain this. I don't want to be a teacher. I love teaching, but I'd rather teach barbecue than kids. And I was like, hey, here's the thing. My wife went all in. I went all in. Um, I quit school after I got my first degree. Didn't finish up the second. Didn't go back into more debt. And Instagram took off. Like I had the news in my yard. I had a couple thousand followers. I started winning picture contests. I never knew that I, it was going to all be that because I was just a dude who carried rebar. And here I turn around and be this photography barbecue guy and spread knowledge that I've just attained on my own throughout the way and reading stuff. So that's the short of the long really quick. I'm so sorry that was so long. <laughs> and When did you um, when, so what year was that? When did you actually set up on your Instagram account? Oh, like 15 months ago? Yeah. Cause it's gone quick, isn't it? For the like the amount of following you've picked up, you've done awesome. It's it's gone crazy. I'm super blessed by it. I, I don't I, I get asked all the time how did I do it? And I'll try to write in a book or give classes on it or something, but I don't know who gets to be bumped into algorithms and what I did so perfectly correct to make it all work. I think that people know that I'm organic, pure. I still operate on handshakes and hugs. I love people and I just want to communicate. So if that's what comes out when I'm doing what I do and people love that, 
then bring it on. They can all jump on my boat, you know. Definitely. I was going to ask you for some um, Instagram tips because Dan's really slagging at the moment. Mm. <laughs> I can tell you what I did. It might work for you. It might not. I don't know. I mean, hey, but here's the biggest thing. You have to believe in every single thing that you post that it's going to do well. And I have to believe that every time I ask somebody a question, most of the time, if it's something, you know, there's just a lot of things we can get into that later. But that's what manifested a lot of mine was just visualization and believing in everything I was doing. Yeah, I've, I often have a lot of people asking me like what what good advice for kind of Instagram and people just always instantly want to have thousands of followers without actually putting any work in and also realizing how important actually taking a good photo is and that's one of the key parts from the start isn't it is actually you've got to really like the photo you're posting yourself like you just said you've got to, you've got to believe in yourself oh yeah for sure there's a hundred i probably take a hundred pictures of everything to come down to the one that i just look at and i always say that's the one and then i just i don't filter out a bunch i'm just I did a lot of masonry in my life, and and when I took the art classes and stuff at school, because I had to, I was broken, um, I started thinking, holy cow, I'm actually pretty talented. I'm pretty smart. I unlocked my brain instead of the brawn, and uh, I started learning the power of threes and where to just put something. And then I already knew what realism looked like in my own brain, and people just started obviously you know, uh, gravitationally pulling to the the type of stuff that I was putting out there. I couldn't be more grateful for it. It pays me now. And I, I make sure that I tell every single person when I'm on my videos to, to a point where I lose followers and it probably gets sappy. I'm like, hey, I'm humbled and grateful for you because without you, I wouldn't be me and this wouldn't be happening. So same to you guys. Hmm. And, you're, and like I said, with videos for you, you've now done some awesome ones and got some big followings on some of those you've got some like over millions of views haven't you yeah i have i have a couple videos in this this there's a place i always go to it's my secret spot it's got this water that comes into like three different directions it's in a basalt lava bed kind of flat and the water comes in when it's full in the winter time and, and fall and it kind of rolls around this big green rock with all this moss all over it and i just set my little firebox or or my trigger or whatever i'm cooking on at that point and my my power i just go out there off grid to this one spot and uh, i cooked a, a ribeye over fire in a cast iron with garlic shallot butter some rosemary I just went old school on it, some real flavor steak, and that's what I do. Um, and I went out there, and I just, I don't know, I used to fish and hunt there with my grandpa and my dad, and they're both deceased, so I already have a mental connection with this and a spiritual connection with it. And next thing you know, I, I post this video, and I, I started taking off. It was like 30,000 views within the first two hours. I was like, holy cow, I, I've had v videos with a couple hundred thousand views, but this is different. And the next thing I know, like two days later, three days later, it's got like 1.8 million views. And I probably clipped 10,000 followers off that one video. Amazing. Wow. So, what, yeah. And what do you think? What do you think made that video different? I don't know. Um, 
I don't know. Like there were a couple videos that week. There was uh, Jack Arnold. He's got a page, uh, an American page, uh, works a lot of Snake Rivers Wagyu. So he had like a one million view burger video that week. And then there's this Juke and Q. I can't remember exactly what he put out, which I love, Adam. Go check out his page too, this Juke and Q. He's a, a great, great guy and a great friend. But uh, he had a video with about – a little over a million. And then I was like, well, if they got a million, I'll just hope for like 900,000, you know, thinking I'd already had that in my brain. I already went out there and thinking I'm going to post one of these videos that I've been seeing. So maybe that was part of it. And then I eclipsed it, you know, I doubled it and I was like, Holy cow. But, uh, yeah, I've had food network share a couple of my posts, a rib post that had one point something million as well. So it's out there. You just got to keep on thinking and believing and keep on putting out content till it happens. I'm going to jump on something you said. You mentioned about you're out in like the, the wilderness with your Traeger. Now, that's something you don't really hear very often because of one thing, you need to plug the Traeger in. So uh, <laughs> how'd you get around that? <laughs> so, oh my, how did I get around that? So at first, I had a little converter on my battery, and I'd run like a 150-foot cord. That way, I, and I would cover it with moss and like limbs and ferns and everything. So nobody would <laughs> see this big orange cord going into my car. So I'd hide my car behind kind of the trees and stuff up there. So, I mean, perception is reality. But also, I am off grid because my phone doesn't work except for power. Yeah. But uh, so I'm running this cord and, and it's a little 75-watt converter or whatever it was, which whatever. It worked for a little bit. But uh, my car's up there running. It's, I can hear it. I'm like, this is so <laughs> off grid, you know. Like, so it started out really rudimentary, and then it just kind of evolved. I, I saw Goal Zero at Costco, and they were like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, it runs on lithium ion batteries. There's solar panels. I'm like, this is so cool. And I started thinking about them, goal zero, them, goal zero. I started messaging, goal zero. I started thinking, goal zero. So all these things, what I'm trying to say is I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And then I messaged them one day and I was like, hey, I do all this out in the woods. I already work with Traeger and I'm this, I have this huge account, which whatever. I'm not trying to like be all cool, but I am saying, here's my reach. I reach a million people a week. Like I, I, my, my impressions are over 200,000 on posts. Like, here's what we can do. And they were like, yeah, let's send you out some stuff. And then in April, they're like, yeah, let's have you here at headquarters. And I barbecued and they're like, yeah, let's sign a contract. Hey, here's some solar panels. So like, that's how it works. It all started with just thinking. So these, I, I told you we were going to go down a rabbit hole and dang it, I did it. Check it out. The battery, I take it down there. I went from that, used to be a cord, now it's a battery. It can recharge overnight. It's ha My little one has 400 watts, fires up, runs off solar panels too. It's goal zero. You guys can go check them out. They're all over actually, and it's super awesome. cool. And how long can you run like a Traeger on, like something like that? Yeah, the short answer on this one. <laughs> the, the, the 400, the Yeti 400, no affiliation with the Yeti coolers. The Yeti 400 will run my uh, tailgater for six to nine hours. There's depending oh. on heat, temperature, like there's a lot of things that are variables yeah, yeah. in it. You know? Yeah. Um, because the fan will come on different if there's wind and all this kind of thing. But those 1400s, <clears throat> I'm running a Timberline for like 13 hours plus off one of those. Wow. So. It's and, and those timber lines are 1300 square inches of just you can fit a mother in law in there easy. I didn't cut, I didn't cut, but I went somewhere I probably shouldn't have. That's mum. Is it my mum in law? Mother in law is fine. Okay, all right. 
<laughs> and we we put our mother-in-laws in the barbecue over here as well so don't yeah. worry <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah right yes so that's kind of the gist of how i how i how i can bring electric to the water which sounds scary but just be safe yeah and, it, and you say it's got solar panels like on top of that is it so is it like recharging as it's using as well yeah it's super cool because if if i'm running and i'm burning like 50 watts in the hour once it gets going i can pull back in 50 plus from the sun at a 45 degree angle with a 100 watt solar panel so i'm almost reproducing and bringing in just as much energy from the sun as i am burning and all that goes into the bank and i use that for lighting later when it gets dark because i usually camp out and then i recharge my phone i have my little bows my music because i got to get some sappy sasquatch music out there (laughs) to really get into it you know so uh but yeah, there it's super cool. I'm blessed with all the opportunities to work with those people. Yeah. It sounds like an awesome device. Like even if you weren't out there with a Traeger, like just to have something like that to be your hub of power for everything is perfect, isn't it? Yeah, but it also answers like so many like I guess the big question with a Traeger or, or the big thing that comes with it is it's like the portability of it, of moving it around or taking it out with you, like with like a standard charcoal barbecue, you can sort of rock up wherever and just start your fire up. Whereas with something like that, that completely, you can chuck your Traeger in your boot and, <clears throat> and then you've got your power source and you can literally just drive wherever you want and pull up and, and have a barbecue. So the sort of answers, uh, probably one of like the major, the holdbacks for maybe someone who might be looking at them, that might be one of their biggest sort of, uh, setbacks for it, I guess. But I've got one and I would love a I would love a power source so I could just chuck it in the in the car and take it out. I mean, yeah. pull up on the side and, and have a barbecue. Also for like trade shows and stuff that are out in the middle of nowhere, the amount of times where you have to get generators and have them run in the background and you can hear that noise all the time, it just kind of it ruins the magic, doesn't it? Or barbecue competitions in a field, who would who would do such a thing? Yeah, like exactly. us in a... <laughs> hey, dude, I can't drive there, but my big giant trailer has five Traegers and enough batteries to run them all right now. And if I could get there in the middle of a field and barbecue with you guys, we would make history in the UK and Malaysia. I don't know how we would do that, though. Like, Dan, you're fine. We're not going to Malaysia. Nah. Right. It's better if he just meets uh, us mind. in the middle, really, isn't it? Is that still is that still weird there to just post up shop and start barbecuing anywhere? In Malaysia or in the UK? Both. This is a dual answer. I'm looking at yeah, so let's go left side. United Q. Is that is that still kind of like on the faux pas? Is that a little different? Yeah, it's no, it's cool. We'd we'd happily pull up anywhere and have a barbecue. That's that's cool. <laughs> It'd be super awesome. I would invite everybody on the streets too. They'd be like, What is it? My answer for Malaysia is pretty much all street foods cooked over charcoal and live fire really over here. So whether it's a tandoor, whether it's like a little uh, like uh, like a little clay grill or something like that, there's just everyone's cooking on barbecue everywhere. So it's, it's slightly different barbecue in, in the sense of maybe what we've been talking about for the last hour as such, but cooking over live fire and, and barbecues everywhere here. So, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're rocking it over here as well. That would be super cool because then, I mean, they would probably think they're eating 
either some of the worst or best food in their life. And then I would probably be thinking the same. <laughs> so I mean, definitely <clears throat> we would just trade food down the line. I don't know who would have to work harder. Like I know that the clay pot and the dirt with the corn husks and the blankets and the extra dirt and then more dirt over it seems a little extreme to me, but <laughs> I mean, they might get a little angry that I just pop a lid, push a start button, have wood pellets that fire off real infused wood fire smoke and get beef cheeks done in about six hours that make their, their, dome melt you know but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know something for them to aim towards you know <laughs> a, bit of, oh. a bit of a mission flying all of the <laughs> a kit over to malaysia we, we've got plenty of traeger stuff here for you so you just need to bring your goal zeros and we'll be sorted oh man <laughs> i just yeah i i got my passport i just now all i need to do is just fatten that bank account dan i'm sure i'll wait for that deposit it's coming right yeah, you got it. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh it's super cool. It is awesome being able to post up anywhere. I've been doing weddings and different events. I have a mobile vendors permit <clears throat> locally in my in our little community here in Longview, Washington. I live right across the river in Kelso, Washington, but I'm one of only like nine that they've given out in the last ten to twelve years. They just don't believe in a lot of uh, we have a small downtowners community and stuff, and, and it's a great place, but they're just starting to get on the cutting edge of letting things like that happen more. So here I am with this giant, my K5 blazer with Traeger plates and this trailer I roll in and I just wheel them out on the road and people are like, what the hell is going on here? So uh, it's super <laughs> awesome. It's a great conversation piece. I literally, just before we started the podcast, I was looking on your Instagram feed and I saw the saw the truck on there. And I was like straight on eBay going, oh, how much can I get one of these for in the UK? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I turn around, that thing's worth a little more money. Um, <clears throat> it's a Chevy square body K5 Blazer in 1978. And uh, I just, I, that was... After I lost everything in like 2009, I had a masonry business and all this. I had to sell one that was not as cool as that because that one's growing on me. But <clears throat> that was the first thing I got back after everything kind of went awry and I had all my surgeries and stuff. So I love that thing. If you go on my page, you can check it out. My my blazer's name is William. I call it Bill for short, named after my grandpa. So there you go. There's a story. <laughs> yeah, and no, I love it. It's amazing, I think. We just you don't get enough of that sort of stuff in the UK. They're so like rare to come by. I've, you see like two or three of those sort of trucks maybe a year if you're lucky. And I was, wow. I, I was straight on eBay and I was like having a look and there was there's maybe one or two on there that were like fifteen twenty grand and they were completely knackered. Like lucky if they even <laughs> ran. <laughs> oh man, so. Is car theft a problem there? If I fly it over, is it going to get jacked? No, it'd be fine. Yeah, we can leave it at my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my truck club and everything. Like, <laughs> I always put that thing on. <laughs> we got this. And maybe you guys will see it. You'll probably Google it out after this. Maybe many of your 5,000 or more listeners will Google the truck club. Uh, the little thing that locks on your steering wheel and it fires up and it, you can't turn it. Uh, so I bought this and I'm like, okay, that's better than an alarm. I can't put a low jack on a 1978 Blazer. But then I started Googling videos on <clears throat> how to steal a vehicle with a truck club on it, yeah. which shouldn't be out there. And some, <laughs> some dude jumped into a truck, took a little handsaw out, cut the steering wheel because it's plastic took the truck club out, threw it out the window and 35 seconds later was driving it down the road. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, 
I don't know why I told everybody that. Maybe because they don't have my address. But let's just keep going on to something else. Because <laughs> say so you're giving away all your secrets here. I know. <laughs> Holy cow. I should have wrote a book first. That's why you got the trail bracelet in the first place. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he looked up the video himself. That's how he got it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I couldn't afford it at the time. Definitely not. I still can't. Because, yeah. But I'm grinding. I'll get there someday. It's fueling that sort of thing over here as well because the engine's massive. It costs so much for gas over here. <laughs> some some petrol, right? Yeah, I, I used your terminology yeah. for you there. <laughs> it's cool. I like it. I was like, gosh, they speak a lot of a lot of our slang, you know, like a lot of our language. <clears throat> but it definitely is petrol, and petrol's pretty expensive there. Very expensive, yeah. Oh, now you're going to give me liters, and we run on gallons, and I'm not a mathematician. So let's bypass this all together because my brain already hurts from trying to think about the price of fuel. <laughs> let's get back to charcoal and uh... yeah. the real fuel, like wood. Yeah. I wish my truck ran on wood. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> let's not even talk about that one because now I'm talking about wood combusting engines. Let's come on, you guys. Move sure. away from my Surely Traeger can sort something out. You could have pellets, can you? <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, it would be like the DeLorean Back to the Future blazer of wood pellet grilling, I guess. Yeah. You'd, have so. the, you'd have the pellet grill running. It'd be powering the car off a solar panel on the top, keeping it going. You've, you've come on. We sorted this right out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the food cooks right on the tailgate. It drops down. It's Okay, yeah, we're in. We're in. <laughs> it's not like going to those restaurants. Do you guys have anything there where, where you go into a breakfast joint? And this always kind of blows my mind. We went to Maui and it was like this. And there's a couple other places. They bring you out your breakfast food. And then in front of you is is um, a, hot, a hot pan, like a skillet. And you turn it on and you cook your own food. Like they bring you batter. And I'm like, how lazy are we? Like, have we become <laughs> lazy? How we go to the restaurant to have them bring us our food to cook it? Why didn't we just? Why didn't we cook it at home? Do we want to come here and pay triple? Like, my <laughs> wife is like, just stop. It's the um, it's like it's the ambiance, and it's also what we're doing. Like, we're here, we're cooking. I'm like, yeah, we're cook- <laughs> we, we could have cooked this at the hotel. Like, with- I had this whole thing with like, remember, like there was this fad with like hot stones, and like you went to a restaurant, you paid triple the price for a steak you normally pay and they bring out a raw bit of steak and a hot stone you cook your own steak and i'm like what is going on here (laughs) just buy a nicer bit of steak stay at home and cook at home (laughs) they're like hey this steak is pretty much raw raw, but if i put it down here and you just pour this butter over it it's gonna cook and be great you're like well could you just finish it back there and salt it i I already know i'm gonna pay 65 bucks for a 10 dollar sirloin you know like Sweet. So, yeah, it's uh, it's super weird to me. I don't even know how we even started talking about that. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, See? So awesome. we, we've been talking about recently is, is uh, me and Ben have spoken about a few times is how Traeger have just smashed it in these last few years. Uh, and why, why do you think that is? Why do you think they're, they're just their brands just blown up? And I know that they were big already, but they just seem to be everywhere. Yeah, Traeger Grills is it's Traeger Nation. It's taken over. Um, here's the deal: in 1987, Joe Traeger started Traeger right up, right down the road from us, kind of here in uh, Mount Angel, Oregon. I live in Kelso, Washington, probably about an hour and ten minutes away. Uh, started making like little boxes for tents to keep to keep tents hot and stuff like that. And basically, they started kind of the Traeger thing. They they brought out the whole auger system, the fan system. It, it basically just makes it so easy this is why it's doing so well is because once people find out i can smoke 
braise, roast, bake, barbecue. There's so many different things that it's so versatile. Um, it's let's face it. Is it a true low and slow post Oak seven to 10 hour St. Louis or, you know, is it, is it that kind of rib? No, it produces a different product, but it also produces a product that's unique in flavor and perfect every time. All I have to do is make sure my time and temperature is correct. And then the rest is just knowing what tastes good and flavor. So, uh, the company was it was sold. Uh, Jeremy Andrews took it over a, a few years ago. The guy is top notch. He's a, a mastermind at business, and and he's got a a billion dollar industry that's rolling. That he wanted to be there in five years, and they're going to crush it. Uh, they put a lot of money into last year, or the year before, finding out you know the dynamics of who all knew about Traegers, and like ninety six percent of the market didn't even know what a Traeger was so they were already killing it on just four percent of the population knowing what it was so that's kind of where we are and people are just starting to find out what is this and I want to go international so bad so that's my next vision is just Sasquatch abroad <laughs> so well, there's plenty of space for you over in the UK anyway because we've the Traeger's taken off massively again over here in the last few years and me and Dan organize a barbecue competition and Traeger have been there every time they've helped support us with that event as well as lots of other brands as well but those guys have always been supportive as well yeah it's a great team to work for and that's probably the other thing is there's just something about it you know there's something about the people that are doing it the people that are working it it, it just it brings you closer to your fa family it brings you closer to your friends and it brings you closer to food which brings me closer to happiness so i mean <laughs> there you have the tr it, it just is all together there it, it's a wonderful product and more than that it's just a wonderful lifestyle that i get to live what what would be your favorite kind of what's your go-to cook if you just got to pick anything you wanted to cook on the traeger now what would it be Oh, man, it sounds so snobby because I've been able to get really good beef. Um, let's face it, my wife's a teacher. <laughs> I was going to be a teacher. I worked in a homeless shelter helping men become better men in, in society as they were transitioning until about March when I was able to quit my day job, which I told everybody. But I'm, I'm able to work with some meat companies that send me out some phenomenal meat. I get Australian lobster tails and stuff like that, stuff I would have never been able to afford. But I, there's a 40-ounce tomahawk that comes from Allen Brothers Steak, a 34 dry-aged Wagyu tomahawk that uh, – it just does it, man. A ribeye, a, a Wagyu ribeye, if I could do that every time, it's going right in the Traeger. It's going smoke at 225. I'm letting it get up to an internal temperature of 120, 125. And I take that off of there, go right into cast or on the Traeger timberline. It'll cast super good or reverse sear go right over fire into a cast iron, that butter, that garlic, that shallot, just like I was saying earlier, and uh, give it a good flip with that crust. And that's probably my go-to, that right there with some mashed taters. And I'm, I'm in just Sasquatch heaven for sure. Yeah, definitely. That, it, that's gonna, it's done it for me. And it's lucky for me because it's dinner time, so I'm feeling super, super hungry. But Oh, the the bad thing is I was looking at Tomahawks yesterday in the butchers and I was just staring at it. I even put it on my story and I just walked away and I was, just, I was like, oh, I wish I'd got that. And now I'm really regretting it. <laughs> See, because, yeah, then you would have brought it to 130 degrees and let it rest 20 minutes and sliced into the best piece of meat you have had in a long time since what? 
the last best piece of meat you had. Why is every <laughs> piece of meat like why is it always this is the best one I've had? And then you remember the other one, you're like, well, that was pretty damn, you know, like, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that ribeye is definitely where I go to. I mean, if you guys are asking me exactly what I do, either that, it's on the other end of the scale. It's going to Papa Murphy's, getting a delight crust chicken bacon artichoke, and in 14 minutes, I'm eating a wood fired pizza on my Traeger. So, uh, that out of ease and flavor is a good one for me too. Perfect. What well, what about obscure things? What's what do you think is the most obscure thing you've ever cooked? Uh I mean I want to cook some gator, like obscure I I do some frog legs. I mean yeah. uh, I got an in with the the whole deadliest catch discovery channel thing. I, I made friends with some of the captains and that my too was just a lot of messaging and saying, Hey, I like your boat. Hey, I think you're all, you know, like I just wanted to be a part of something else, but obscure frog legs. One of the coolest things was we went to a, a brewery and it was with Sean Dwyer, the Brenna A. They were releasing a, uh, a, a nut crusher or a, the Brenna A lager. And they were doing a release over in Bend, over in here in Oregon. And uh, it's actually Redmond. So we go over there and everything. And I'm like, I don't want to know. They're like, we have a lot of game. Uh, a lot of the guys at Wild Ride will bring you in some stuff. And they're like, we'll just surprise you. Because these are brewers, you know. They're already drinking, you know, having a couple tasters by nine. You know, so they're like, we'll just surprise you. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, okay, okay. So anyways, they come with two legs of goat, um, which whatever. I wasn't ready for goat. I thought it was going to be like they were going to try to get me with elk or game or anything that I've been cooking my whole life. But of course not that went to goat. Um, so anyways, after a quick Google session, uh, and me jumping in the, in the, the car with my wife and saying these, these, I didn't say it. I almost went to the a-hole word, but, uh, I was like, these guys brought me goat. So I, uh, I killed the goat, man. We named one goat Tom Brady. We made, named the other goat Michael Jordan. So we had a competition between these two goats, uh, the, which is the greatest of all time, you know, so uh, in our standard, <laughs> in our standard. So we, we named the goats. We made a, a little day event out of it. We braised them in beer. I kind of cooked them like pulled pork, but pulled them sooner because I knew they'd get dry pretty quick as soon as I sliced into them. And I made sure that I let everybody know I'm slicing the goat now because I knew if I could get it into their mouths within the first five minutes, it wouldn't dry out. And the goats were amazing. Both goat legs turned out awesome. Everybody was raving about them. Uh, it was totally killer. I acted like I knew it was going to turn out that way the whole time. And that's probably <laughs> one of my most obscure, awesome, random cooks that I just nailed perfect yeah we dan and i did we did the same i guess with goat a couple of years back when we had a chap over here called james and he runs a company called cabrito and he's all about the promoting of goat in the uk and he kicked off an event called goat toba and we had a we had loads and loads of people barbecuing goat in the uk and it's, <laughs> it's become an annual event now so every year everyone cooks goat for goat toba but I think goat's becoming a lot more socially acceptable to eat now, and it is a it is a thing that's more likely to be on the menu everywhere, really. It's weird, though, because the UK and the US are like some of the only countries in the world that don't eat goat massively. It's not like a, a huge part of the menu, but we're like, we're like the obscure countries here. Everyone else is like going it up, and like us and, <laughs> and you guys are just like, I don't know. So it's, it's awesome to see it happening, and when he was telling us a story that like, I don't know, just just in in the uk like what was it like forty thousand billy goats get killed at birth a year and just wasted when 
we could be having some good eating here and we could be cooking them up and, and enjoying them. And it's been awesome. And I remember that he rung me and he was like, I'm outside your house. I looked out the window and uh, <laughs> there was a, <laughs> a guy in, in, in butcher whites with a whole goat over his shoulder. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is the guy I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were a bit shocked by the size of it as well, weren't we? Because we were like, Billy goat uh, sounds like quite a small little thing. Oh uh, yeah, we'll we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll cook that whole. Uh, no, we won't. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, because it's kid goat, and I'm expecting this little yeah, like a I don't know what this what is. Up, Billy? Yeah. Little yeah. Billy, hey, little Billy, get over here, like four pounder, little yeah. Billy, and, like a little suckling that's pig. Called, that's, an, that, that's an infant goat. I don't even know what they call that. Like not named. I don't know. Uh, yeah. He just put it on my worktop and it was just huge. And we uh, we had a good time. Don't worry. We had a good time. That was when that was when Dan became a butcher by YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, see, I'm telling you. How did you do it, Sasquatch? A lot of YouTube, a lot of Google, and a lot of experimentation, period. So I just recovered from Goatober. <laughs> I, I, uh, that was... I was thinking, who? Do, why does somebody not have a page yet called Goatober Barbecue? I mean, everything gears up to just that one event. Per, yeah. So uh, I, I can't. I just picture the whole you looking out the window, thinking you're getting a goat that's tiny, yeah. and looking at a butcher going, well, "What the hell are we doing now, Dan? <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? Are we building a grate? Are we going to do live fire and just stand it like everybody? Else? You know, like yeah, the conversations that must have been had." We couldn't even get it in the freezer, could we? Or the fridge, or anything to like keep it, so it had to be chopped. <laughs> yeah, but so it was good. I don't know. I'll cook anything if anybody, somebody brings it to me. Just not your mother-in-law. Well, <laughs> gosh, we. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> my wife will listen to this. My mother-in-law won't, but my wife will. But still, and my mother-in-law, my wife won't even tell my mother-in-law, but she'll still look at me really funny. So I'm not going to talk about how much space is in a Trek Timberline 1300. We're, we're lucky our wives don't listen to us anymore. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Well, mine just does because she wants to make sure that I'm not making a total fool of myself. So it's been known to happen. My nickname for a long time was too much. Hey, too much is here. Oh God, too much is here. Something's getting broken. You know, like, uh, yeah. So the stories, but yes. So she goes on there to, uh, I don't know. What is she? My agent at this point? Like, <laughs> yeah, your filter. She's, your filter. Yes, yes. She's my Jerry Maguire filter. So, yeah, there you have it. but Right. Well, we've we've gone over a half an hour, Mark, and I'm conscious that too much might let way too much in a minute. So, I think we should <laughs> should call it a day there, and we should chat to you again in the future because there's so much awesome stuff that we could chat to you about. I know. I feel like we got a half an hour deep, and it's not really anything that you wanted to know. That's all we want to know. We just we like randomness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So, yeah, definitely going forward, let's uh, let's do something again. And because uh, I don't know, I look forward to just people reaching out and saying, I want to tell people the story. I want to like just communicate. I want to know what you guys are doing there and what I'm doing here. And I just want to make this like something I get to do the rest of my life. Meet super awesome people, travel abroad, not get filthy rich, but just be comfortable and love my life and job. So you guys are helping me with that right here. And anything I can do in the future to help you guys out, just uh, please reach out. 
Awesome. Thanks, mate. And thanks for coming on the show. Just before you go, could you just tell everyone where they can find you online? Oh, yeah, you can find me. <clears throat> I do have a small page on Facebook, just Sasquatch Barbecue. Sasquatch is S-A-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. And on Instagram, you can find me at Sasquatch underscore barbecue. Um, and that's where I'm I'm doing my thing. That's pr- primarily what I'm running off of is my Instagram page. So if you're ever in the States, you can find me in the Seattle, Portland, Oregon area, Seattle, Washington. And if you are here from the UK and you're listening to this and you come just because of me, I'll take you out in the woods and cook for you. Awesome. So that is an offer. <laughs> right? So anyways, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. And hopefully you'll get over to the UK and we'll hook you up with the best spots to go. We'll find you some woods somewhere you can take your Traeger out there. <laughs> I, You know what? I love taking just random pieces of meat places, too. So you'll see that I, one of these days I'll tell you. One of these days, I'll tell you guys my Grand Canyon story. That was an awesome event with a three-pound porterhouse that nobody would ever seen done. So we'll get into that one later. On awesome. A, leave it on a nice cliffhanger there. <laughs> exactly. The, the three-pound porterhouse at the Grand Canyon. Just wait until next time. There you go. See? <laughs> so we got it. Well, Anyways, I'd go into my, my monster truck voice after that, but I think we should end it. <laughs> Okay. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One day monster truck rally only. Yeah. Okay. So, never mind, guys. Okay, we gotta end this. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should end the podcast in that voice. So go for it. One day only. Listen to this podcast, everyone out there. Barbecue time and monster trucks down at the station. Tractor truck pulls too. Get your truck ready. Grab your beer and head on down. Perfect. See. United Q yes. podcast. Yo. <laughs> Sasquatch. Sasquatch. <laughs> the crescendo, you guys got it. So <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. My wife's going to say, yep, you made it that whole time. And then you went weird. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks hey, again, guys, mate. Thank you so much. Cheers, thanks. Thank you, bro. Bye. See, I'm gonna, hey, am I just going to click this red X up here and end this? Oh, it'd be risky. I, <laughs> the red phone. The red phone. Yeah. I'm in it. Okay, guys. See you later. Yep. Cool. See you yeah. later. Bye. Thank you. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by Pro Q, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. Pro-Q's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.